guys. This is I Burn Everything, a food and relationship podcast. I'm Stevie Nelson, and sitting with the world's cutest dog on his lap is Dave Horowitz. Happy weekend, Stevie. Happy weekend. We made it. You know, it's. I really like that we record... Whenever. <laughs> yeah, whenever for sure, but a lot. we've been doing a lot of Fridays, 6.30 p.m., which means I get in my car, I leave work 15 minutes early without a care in the world Aww. if they catch me who cares it You're doesn't in my matter you see you later you know what i like what i like that i'm the first face you see when you get home from work <laughs> like it's i've thought of it before i'm like wow i'm like the first person i like he co- you come home to me which is very funny yes i come home <laughs> to you and the dogs like it's my wife and kids yeah and you're like i've been brewing up a nice tasty uh, microphone setup all day yeah i've really you, set something up for you can you test your levels that <laughs> was work <laughs> it is really uh, it is sweet. a really interesting and nice part of my day yeah me too um give me your food and relationship updates pronto food updates another week of eating so many greens really what kind oh I, well i've just been doing this uh during the week i don't order out you know i i'm just i'm just doing smoothies and uh smoothies and um salads and that's it and it's been really great. Uh, today, I ran out of my groceries and I ordered a sandwich. And I realized I hadn't had a sandwich in about two and a half weeks. <gasps> That's so rare for you. It was a you. real shock to my system, but it was really nice. Did it feel good to eat it? Yes. I got it from a place called Sack. I guess it's formerly called Ink Sack. It's a, hmm, never heard of it. It's a, like the sandwich offshoot of this restaurant called Ink. It was uh, very good. Cool. A very good, normal sandwich. It I was, like normal. They, they weren't uh, throwing you any curveballs, just some avocado, turkey, that kind of thing. Um, and my relationship update is, <laughs> uh, <I'm> sure, <laughs> do I, is there even, is there anything, uh, is there anything? No. I don't no know. I, let's, what if I just said no? That would be sad. I should think of something. Um, oh, I watched, I was in a relationship this week with uh, the HBO documentary, The Defiant Ones. Oh, how is it? Uh, well, I, I romanced it pretty hard. It's okay. four installments. Each one is at least an hour. One of them is an hour and 20 minutes. Oh. And it is uh, purely fascinating. It's cool. about the rise of Interscope Records, the rise of Dr. Dre and Aftermath Records. <sighs> culminates in them. This is not a spoiler. Selling Beats headphones to Apple for $3 billion. Wow. So it starts and you're like, who cares about these rich guys? And you see how they're, it, how they're made. You see their relationships come together and fall apart. People die. People are born. Wow. I had a whole lifespan. It was a whole beautiful relationship with this documentary. And, you know, it made me realize <sighs> uh, not all relationships are romantic or friend-based. Sometimes no. you can just uh, really fuck up a doc. You know? <laughs> I do. Just make love with your eyes to a documentary. I understand that too well so i was in a relationship with a roku box this week okay good. And it went well what are yours food update i have been noticing that i'm craving different things and i have been eating a lot of rice crackers with peanut butter on them mm. strange and kind of 80s and 90s very like uh, rice cakes yes oh but i'm calling them crackers because my brand specifically is called crackers because they're like squares sure but yes yeah, so rice cake oh that's extremely 80s with peanut butter yes and sometimes i add jelly it's really good and they're a great snack they're usually my afternoon snack oh man that just really brings me back to I know. that i'm taking them out of a ziploc bag in my lunch the jelly is bled all over the sides of the rice cake. It's it's really gooey. There's no way to get a good grip on it. It's Your hands everywhere. Are sticky afterwards, but it's worth it. Yeah, I love it. Um, yeah, so that's 
my very odd food update and relationship update. I went on a date this Excuse week. Excuse me. Hello. I went on a date this week. Yeah. And um, it went really well. And at the end, he left me a note. I got home from a class that I was in and he left me a note on the porch with like an inside joke. From your date? Yeah. From like the day before our date. (sighs) I lit up inside. Like it was like next level thoughtfulness. And I just was like, wow, that felt so nice. You know what that's called? No. That's called laying some groundwork. Yeah. That guy is laying some groundwork. He knows what he's doing. Which means he likes you. Yeah, I think he might. So we'll see. So I just need to gather more information like a little detective (laughs) and um, keep dating him and see what happens. Yeah, just look at every picture of him on Instagram until he texts you. Yep, and see what kind of relationships he had on there and see when the last one was. And Oh, find the ex, the go to her page, see who she's dating now, see them together. <laughs> see if they've moved on. See if it makes sense for you to like be in pictures with him. Yeah, see if would she we still look like cute pictures together? Yeah, 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 Are yeah. they friends? Are they enemies? They yep. look like friends to me, to be honest. Yeah, show up outside <laughs> of his work, throw a rock through his window, say, Enemy. come out here! <laughs> I need to talk to you. Yeah, so... Just normal relationships. stuff. In other words, I'm being really chill about it. Um, let's introduce our guest. Let's do it. This is food writer, Farley Elliott. Hey, guys. Hi, Farley. Hi, Farley. Thanks so much for having me on. I love the show. That we are so happy to have you so on. Nice. You were one of people to the earliest adopters. You reached out and let oh. us know how much you liked it. Yeah. And it makes such perfect sense to have you on. Yeah, it is really in the zeitgeist of my own personal, like, effects like what I spend my time on in my days like, yeah I'm married I don't feel like you guys have had a lot of married guests before. no we've Just had like three yeah, or yeah. two you're married um, yeah married and I write about food all day long so yeah. this is literally this is, my wheelhouse it would be equivalent to somebody who runs a dachshund like acting podcast to be like would you like to be on <laughs> yeah. my podcast and I just be like are you kidding I was made why, for yeah, this why am I not the host of this podcast <laughs> yeah. of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so great okay so let's first things first mm-hmm. you're a food writer yes you write for eater mm-hmm. do you write yourself too like on your own or so uh I've been full-time at eater for like two and a half years before that I was a freelancer around town so I would write at like places like LA Weekly a lot of local publications some national publications Serious Eats which is based out of New York yeah um so my job focuses me pretty heavy on Los Angeles in particular and the kind of ins and outs of the restaurant scene here, which it is good because there's a lot to talk about. It's such a massive city when it comes to dining. But I do write a little bit on the side for myself. I wrote a book last year that's all about the history of street food in Plug Los it. Angeles. Los so Angeles just street called, food. That's right. It's called Los <laughs> Angeles street food. Uh, and that was like a big personal project that was sort of a culmination of years of personal work and so interacting cool. with people. And yeah, That's incredible. Also, yeah. street food is my favorite food. It's uh, it's fantastic. What do you eat? You're like vegan and and don't eat and gluten, gluten right? Do you know how many trucks and food trucks and stuff there is? I mean, there's endless, endless, endless amounts. Yeah, there's a ton I can eat from. I just was in. Does that count as street food? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was just in Highland Park or mm-hmm. Highland Park, and there was just a stand that did gluten-free vegan tacos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, are you kidding me? I know where they park. That's it, a great truck. It like, it's so I ran into you there. Yeah, me and Dave, right after recording great. one day, just ran into each other there. Um, but I can eat almost anywhere. I'm also more vegetarian than I am vegan, right. so I'll eat eggs. So I can eat anything that has eggs. Oh, then you're wide open. Yeah, yeah you can thank, do whatever you want. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so that's incredible. First of all, you're our first actual expert of any type of food. <laughs> Expert's a bit of a stretch. Turns out if you're just in a market long enough, people will start to pay attention to you. I don't know. I, I, I don't know about expert. Uh, well, I, I do. Can, I, can, I would love to interject and say that I, I've, I mean, uh, I've been on email chains with you before. We follow each other on Twitter. People will just tweet at you or hit you up or, or Facebook and just go, hey, uh, I got family coming in and we're going to this neighborhood. Where should we go? And you always say a great place and they they always come back and go you were right oh, so good. in my opinion i think that that counts as being an expert i'll take it i'll take it it's yeah. pretty incredible it's great yeah i uh starting as a freelancer my world was uh, and i'm sure you guys like as actors and stuff have felt this way a lot too i would go into a room to perform a job whether it's for you guys like uh, being a, a director or trying to book a role or something i would go in and i'm like i want to tell your story about this restaurant and they'd be like uh okay i don't know who you are but let's do it really quickly i have to get back into the kitchen and then i would do that thing and i would leave and i would come back two weeks later just to have dinner or something and there would be blank faces like nobody would ever know or remember who i was huh. because when you're a freelancer like you're just a ship passing in the night Interesting. So now, like my role as a guy who works at one company and has a label, like yeah. people get to know me over time and I spend time in their restaurants and it's way, way different. And so I feel all the time like my service is to give back to the people who ask because I spent so much time being basically anonymous. Wow. I was trying to be known that I want to like pass it on to other people. That's so cool. Yeah. Do you have, is it okay for you to say, do you have a favorite restaurant in LA? Or yeah. street food. I mean, I, I have restaurants that I that I truly love for yeah. particular reasons. Um, I always talk about a restaurant in Silver Lake called Elemento. That's like a great dinner time only Italian restaurant. When I was writing my book, uh, I would have to get up in the morning and write as much of the book as I could, starting at like six a.m. Little known fact: Squirrel here in Los Angeles opens at six thirty, but they don't start serving food until eight. So <gasps> it's kind of a, a ghost town if you oh. go there before eight a.m. I did not yeah. know that. Yeah. That's Big the only secret. reason I don't go. Yeah, go at six thirty, get a coffee, hang out till. Can you 8, get a pastry? Get you can get pastries. Absolutely, they just don't like cook anything. Dave, oh, we yeah, game changer. It. So I <laughs> go there before work. Yeah, yeah. I'm wow. telling you, every day I would go to Squirrel and I would write as much of my book on a laptop from Squirrel dead zone as possible and then i would write for my day job i write about 3500 words a day and wow. i would do all of that and then i would go at night and write as much for my book again as i could on saturdays i would write all day long for my book so alimento was this place that i would go to where i didn't have to think about anything it was close to my house and i just would sit at the bar and they would slide me some pasta and a glass of wine and just like solve my problems as my wow. brain was dripping out of my nose wow. i love that that's very uh i gotta say um I feel like that's a very romantic. Yeah, it feels so romantic. Of a, of a of a run and gun food writer like yeah. working on his passion project. I really I really enjoy that. Um, just it's a very like rich visual because uh, as somebody who loves food, I mean like as I don't know, I would not want to um, have my a passion of mine be compromised or destroyed. And it feels like you um, you've been able to maintain stuff that you love right and also keeping it your job i don't know it's it's uh it's pretty um i love street food too but if i had to write about it for like <laughs> what feels like probably years or a whole years, year yeah uh maybe i would like lose the joy in there yeah if i had if i lost the joy for the mandolin grill truck are you familiar with that <laughs> i am oh man <laughs> they know me there oh great yeah i love being known any place me too it's so great if you make me feel known at your coffee shop yeah. i'll come back for forever a hundred percent yeah you ask me you tell me my like you're like hey stevie 
How are, uh, how's your week been? I'm like, melt. Give me anything. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll pay $20 for this coffee. Exactly. Well, this does go into like, uh, for me, we all met originally doing comedy or comedy related stuff here in Los Angeles. Yeah. Yes. And I transitioned out of that into the food writing job that I have here. And so uh, for me, a lot of it was realizing that I'm... I'm getting satisfaction out of being a food writer in the same way that I was getting satisfaction out of doing like improv and sketch comedy. Ooh. Ultimately, at the end of the day, what I want is for people to like like me, think that I'm interesting, and like want to keep talking to me. That's yeah, really, that's yeah, it. it's to connect. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. want to connect, and you get the same connection 100%. from writing that food. Yeah, and now my day job is to be in restaurants, interacting with people, be a little bit of a gatekeeper in some sense for information that gets out to the public, and have people on both sides want to talk to me and want to hear what I have to say. That's great. I get the same exact joy. So I don't treat wow. it as like I'm sick of eating street food. I treat it as this is another version of the same thing I've always wanted. Wow. That's and to great. be able and <laughs> to healthy. be able to yeah, and to be able to find a different way of that that actually probably makes your life better. Like yeah. the comedy is wonderful and mm-hmm. it's so fun and we're all grateful to be a part of it in some capacity. But there is a part of me sometimes that thinks about that in terms of like, man, is there something else I could get equal fulfillment out of? Oh, I, I feel like where I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> that's my, oh man, that's my thought every day. Yeah, me too. Even, even though I love it, I love what I do. I love to write. I love yeah, to right. be. I love to perform. I love to direct. But I definitely I rack my brain when I'm first yes. to go. What else? Do I like? Yeah. Right. How do I something. like even close to as much as this? Part mm-hmm. of me is like this podcast. The yeah. podcast mm-hmm. itself actually brings me just as much joy as like auditioning or booking a, ro- a job. And so does like making art and like selling like my pocket compliments. That brings me yeah. the same kind of so joy. Just to quickly put it out there, if anyone is listening and is maybe, I don't know, a venture capitalist or, or some sort of a producer and would love to take this podcast to the next level, we are willing yeah. to do it as a job. Take us to the next level. Yeah, <laughs> we want to get there. We want to be at the next level. Um, okay, back to you. Back to food. Boom. All right. Also, probably already the most we've talked about food on this show. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, this yeah, like yeah. makes me very happy. I I was like, I'm we'll the s- antidote to so many other just relationship <laughs> yes. versions of this podcast. Yeah, you're the antidote to like literally all the other ones. Like <laughs> right. we're like, so this whole thing we'll just talk about food. But I do want to get to your relationship because I'm it, into all of it. It seems like you have both things somehow Ooh, yeah i mean i hope so on my better days yeah but it's always hard i uh i got married like a year and a half ago um thank you thank you very much to uh, a lovely woman who is like the antithesis of all of my negative traits done in a positive way like she works in the nonprofit world and tries to save people and make their lives better every single day she runs an oh. lgbtq nonprofit in west hollywood it's like incredible and i get to go what? out and eat at restaurants <gasps> yeah what's the name of the nonprofit? it's called congregation calling me they're actually a reformed synagogue right on la brea and uh neither one of us are jewish she just runs the sort of operational side but they are a sort of uh, stalwart in the lgbtq community for west hollywood so they were boots on the ground for the aids crisis in the 80s their rabbi was one of the first people to uh, marry a lesbian couple after prop 8 was overturned they're like that kind of place for the city of west hollywood so you married a saint she's unbelievable wow also what a nice balance you know like what a nice balance there yeah, Someone, and it's great. You know? She she likes going out to restaurants. She likes uh, eating and all that sort of stuff. But it's not it's not the same for her that it is for me. Does she eat everything? Yeah, she definitely does eat everything. Um, there's stuff that she likes more than other things, and she doesn't she doesn't go as far down the path as I tend to go. Yeah. Where I'll be like, 
we got to go to four taco trucks tonight because I've never been. And she's like, she's have like, calm fun. down, calm down. I'll be at home. Like, it's fine. Wait, so <laughs> do you guys mostly eat out then? Like, is that kind of like how you eat? Yeah. I would say if you figure three meals a day, seven days a week, 21 meals, I probably eat out for 19 of those meals, at least, if not more than the recommended amount. Yeah. Whoa. How much of those 19, though, are out of your part of your job? Uh, well, it all, in a sense, becomes part of my job. So for anybody who doesn't know what Eater is, my job is primarily to uh, talk about restaurants in all of their forms. So that means I talk about restaurant trends. Um, we discuss you know, particular dishes you can get someplace. But I also talk about restaurants opening and closing and chefs and where they go. It's the sort of business and news side of restaurants. It's so, like the deadline of restaurants. Exactly, exactly. So my job is to be in restaurants, figuring out information before anybody else who's trying to do the same job as me anywhere else in the city does. Wait, so you go to these restaurants mm-hmm. and you start asking questions. Do you yeah. get leads? Like how yeah, do you- 100%. My, wow. my job is to scoop people on information before anybody else. Like this week do it was announced- people leak things to you? 100% every day. It happens <gasps> to me every single day. I got sent just today- a uh, a package of papers that ended up being a chapter 11 bankruptcy filing for a restaurant that is still actively open in Los Angeles. And I'm the o- as far as I know, I'm the only person who knows that this place is in bankruptcy. Blow the whistle. <laughs> Blow the whistle right now. Yeah, it happens every day, every single day. Wow. Yeah. That must make you feel kind of good. It makes it's me great. feel good that I know that. <laughs> <laughs> my, my favorite thing is to call a person who is attached to a project, whether it's a PR person or the chef or the owner or whatever, and go, I already know about this thing. And then they're like, well, how did you know? Like, I love that. Here's a great example. There's a restaurant in Silver Lake called l Oyster Bar. Yep. That uh, is really great, really lovely. The chef, his name is Spencer Bazaire. He grew up in Altadena. And this is maybe six, eight months ago. He's walking around in Altadena with his mother. He's like, you know, there's a lot of hip young families moving in. I want to make my own restaurant here. I want to bring it back to my community. And so... After they have this conversation, his mother goes to her money manager and says, oh, you know, my son is going to open a restaurant. Let's put some money aside for him. That money manager, through a very random connection, knows someone who is associated with me. That information got to me within four hours. So I call this chef. Yeah, food detective. You're a food detective. I go, hey, Spencer, I hear you're opening a restaurant in Altadena. What's the deal? And he goes, I literally only told my mom four hours later. That's my best case scenario. That is amazing. (laughs) Hey, you want to hear a really small world thing? Yes. I dated the guy, one of the guys who partially owns Eleni. Oh. Yeah. We should talk about this off air or on. Depends on how you feel about it. Off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, then I guess this wouldn't be a food scoop because it's already open. Can you, I mean, and this is again, very niche Los Angeles. What can Mm -hmm. you tell me about the ramen place that just opened up next to Garage Pizza? Ramen Bangaichi. Yes. they are a, an outfit out of Tokyo. They have three locations in Tokyo. They have eight in the Philippines. They do a ramen that is not uncommon in Asia, but you don't see it a lot in America. It's a really thin broth, and they do this thing at the end where they just add a pad of butter. Wow. <laughs> so you'll you'll get like your bowl, and it'll be like, this doesn't look so bad, and then you'll just see like an eighth of a brick of butter just floating what? on top, and it makes everything like super rich and unctuous, and it's pretty good. Yeah. Wait a sec. Is that what ramen is? Typically butter in there? No, no. Typically it is the uh, basically distilled version of boiled bones. So whether it's a chicken okay. broth or pork broth, it is all of the fat and cartilage and that has been like simmered down over a series of hours that makes the final broth that your ramen goes oh, into. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Butter um, broth, huh? 
ramen in Los Angeles changed my life in the <laughs> for the better and the worst. Yeah, <laughs> it was learning what it was as I like basically mid. It was like my first the first person I dated out here. For, we dated for two years. She was like, we got to go to this place, Daikoku, yeah, yeah, in Little Tokyo. And I was like, all right, well, let's see, well, let's see what what happens here. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, what is this? And she's like, it's worth the wait. Don't worry. And uh, I walked in and sat down and I was like, oh, this is the greatest thing I've ever eaten. I only yeah. want to eat this forever. Yeah. And uh, then I realized you can't eat it forever. You cannot do that. No, you. Why? Will. Why? It's so it is so rich and developing a taste for it is like not wise. I don't think yeah. like I, I love it, but I feel like having it three times a year is uh, is the sweet spot. <laughs> Have you done that thing where you take home leftovers and put them in your fridge? Yep, and then it becomes and a cube. It's literally just a cube of Congealed. fat yeah. that has cooled off. Wow. Yeah, this is like a whole world I don't know because I can't eat ramen. Right. So I can go to like that one chain place on Melrose that has yeah, gluten-free yeah. ramen. Tatsu ramen. Yeah. Yeah. And frankly, no thank you. <laughs> frankly, no thank you. <laughs> uh, there is Ramen Hood, which is a uh, vegan ramen place inside Grand Central Market that you could also try. They have gluten-free? Yeah, I believe they have gluten-free noodles as well. Okay, maybe I try. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not really a world that I've, you know, I don't dive into that because I'm like, it's too risky. And if they put soy sauce in, in it, right. I'm doomed. What's your take on chains? Yeah, what is your take on chains? <laughs> Small chains. Like Zenku chicken, for example. I, I, I wanted to just have everyone hear the microphone drop and the door close. <laughs> I don't talk about chains. No, I love chains. I think there are chains that do a lot of really great things. I think the Houston's of the world are really yep. great restaurant chains. Shake Shack is a great and like good for the world restaurant chain. Not good for the world in the sense that like we're eating tons of red meat still, but they take care of their people. They really care about the communities that they're in. They partner with local organizations. Wow. There is a good way to do a bad chain, basically. Okay, and this wow. is a, this is a leading question. Mm-hmm. Chipotle is bad, right? Yeah, Chipotle sucks. Yeah. Wait, tell me about it. Tell well, me. I, I mean, in if you live in the middle of nowhere and Chipotle is your only option, okay, fine. I guess I sort of yeah. understand it. But if you live in Los Angeles or New York or Chicago or any one of a dozen major cities with any semblance of a Mexican-American population, the idea that you would go spend your money at Chipotle is ludicrous to me. Going to Chipotle in L.A., Living in Los Angeles and eating romaine lettuce in your burritos feels like sacrilege to me. Yeah, 100%. And I'm never, I didn't grow up eating burritos. I grew up in a really small town in northern New York, all the way up on the, the Canadian border, town of 400 people. Mexican food is not my natural heritage food. Yeah. But I know enough, having eaten in Los Angeles, that I don't want to eat that style of burrito, that like big, oversauced, like mission style San Francisco burrito is never the thing I'm going to be interested in. Yeah. I, I almost, I know that it's a lot of people's favorite food. I don't eat burritos like yeah. partially because I can't have the, the, the tortilla. Right. But also because I've, I, it's never what I want. Like I love I tacos. Right. I love, but burritos, I'm always like, I don't know. That's not what I want. But that's you revealing yourself as a true Southern California. Southern yes. California is, is taco America. Yes. Whereas, and I grew up here. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas is burritos are, are the rest of America basically. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But I, I will say there is a truck at Olympic and LeBron. Again, this is like the most insular Los Angeles version of this podcast, but called El Chato. That is like my thing. If I, if the mayor walked in the door right now and was like, you have 24 hours to get out of the city of LA, I would go to El Chato tonight. I would get the Al Pastor burrito or quesadilla and I would eat that and be happy. Yeah. That is like, that is my base level of food greatness. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. 
I feel like we keep getting the inside scoop. <laughs> I love. I mean, I love it. I just. I'm all. I also do think we are so incredibly spoiled because yes. there's so much. There's so much. Just coming from Boston, there's good food in Boston. I'm sure. from Boston, but when I moved out here and just realized what a food town it was, and also when you're when you're in college, you don't care. Even if you all live different. in a food town, you're you're eating three dollar slices of pizza, right. and that's your dinner and maybe your lunch. Um, but I just. Uh, it's so I've been trying to shift into being like a little healthier and I mm-hmm. think it's been great for eating because or eating out. Right. Because if I only eat out, say, on the weekends, everything immediately just tastes better. So I live in Los Feliz and I will go. I was going to mess hall right. because it was next door to my house <laughs> constantly. Right. And I would go in and go, I can't believe I'm doing this again. Yeah. I can't, why am I doing this? It's not that good. Right. I'm going to eat something. It's not going to be that good. And it's, then I would do it. And I'd be like, it's not that good. It's also <laughs> not good at all. Right. Like sometimes m- it's good. Mess hall is not they do least, an okay breakfast. I'm just like, I don't get it. Yeah. And I think that there's a difference in what I do for work. And this gets back to your previous point a little bit of like trading in a thing you like and making it your job. I have largely turned off that part of my brain where I recognize bad experiences as a bad time. Instead, hmm. I go, now I know. Yeah. And I'm just adding it to this pile of information. So every time you see somebody that I know on Twitter or over email asking me for recommendations, the only thing I ask of those people when I give them the information that I have is that they come back to me and tell me what their experience was. So then I'm building a database basically in my brain of places that are good, bad, gone downhill, busy, slow, whatever. It feels very Buddhist of you. It's almost like you're just taking information and you're not labeling it. You know, you're not like being like, that's good or bad. You're like, it's all just information. It's Mm -hmm. borderline neutral for me. Exactly. Yeah. 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 As long as I know the important thing is to know. That's incredible. (laughs) Well, I guess that leads to what feels like a natural question. It's hearing. And again, I feel like I try to steal from guests we have who seem like they have one area figured out. Like hearing you talk about food and your process and Mm -hmm. the way you do your job and the way you enjoy food and the way you process experiences at restaurants, it seems very like Buddhist centered, healthy, but also methodical in the way that you got it figured out. Yeah, and you're confident that you've got it figured out. Uh, and and you know, Stevie and I uh, have now. Anytime we have a guest on who's married or engaged or whatever, yeah. do the thing we lean forward on both we of go, our elbows and we go, oh, "How did you do it? <laughs> Tell uh, us do, what so, we're doing wrong." So to that end, I won't uh, I won't lead you too much and be like, "You're a genius that way too, right?" But I mean. Uh, do you feel like you've been a confident person in that aspect, like that area of your life? Is it something you stumbled into? Yeah. It was just do you do the it right the fit? same? Yeah. Like, are you also you... gathering information yes. and being like, <laughs> yeah. it's just neutral until it feels like something? Because you say yeah. that made me go, oh, I want to do that. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I, I feel like I, I sort of am and that I will run into problems with my wife sometime where I, I just am taking in information that the world presents that matters to both of us and then I present it to her matter of factly and then she'll be like well why didn't you ask all these other questions or why aren't you upset about this thing and to me I just go I don't know I'm just processing all the data that was given to me and pushing it back out into the world so I do run into that it's not Mm. quite the same Mm -hmm. but I think the major overlap for me is most restaurants are either like pretty good or sort of bad. It's kind of hard to have a really transcendent, great restaurant experience. It's also really hard to have a truly terrible restaurant experience. Most are in this gray middle area. And so when you talk about going to mess hall, you're just like, yeah, I don't know. It was fine or sort of bad, but not a server didn't drop a plate on you and you didn't like get burned and have like food sickness two days later. No, no. Yeah. I I keep coming back to places like that because they're walking distance and because the the experience is 
It's just a solid two and a half stars. Exactly. Exactly. And I feel like relationships can be exactly the same way. It's really hard to have a great, great relationship. This is pretty rare that you have a truly terrible, you know, life endangering, change my outlook on the world experience personally. So you have to figure out. (laughs) Yes. You have to figure out where it matters to you. Right. If you, if you want, if your equivalent of the girlfriend that you want is, is walkable to your house, has a good happy hour and a decent burger, <laughs> that girl is out there for you. Yeah. But if you, if the girl that you want is the, is the restaurant that you save up all your money and go spend it once a month. And it is a thing that you cherish in your mind every other time that you are not there. That person is out there for you too. It just, Changes depending on how you want to approach that person at the restaurant. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) What just happened? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, it's really interesting, especially in hearing you say those things. Like there's a version that's like in, there's a version of a relationship that's like pretty good, Mm -hmm. pretty great, maybe even. And the person lives close. They're not in Venice and you're not on the East side right. or whatever it is. And they offer a lot of great things on paper. They're probably really great. Is that person your soulmate? Maybe who knows? It's like, there's that version of a relationship, which is our mess hall. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then there's a version where you're like, I met them and I was like, yeah, yeah, I could eat here forever. <laughs> <laughs> well here, this is, I'm going to go one level deeper on yeah, this. Yeah, please. There there are restaurants that I love that I do not think are even the best version of that thing in this city. A restaurant like Alimento, I feel like I could eat at Alimento every day or Squirrel every day, right? They're places that just hit me in a soft spot in my body and I choose to love and enjoy them forever. The question I have is think about the top of the line restaurant, the restaurant that you go, gosh, I really want to go there. It's so in my heart and mind, the place that like will define me as a person, would you want to actually eat there every day? No. Because you're talking about eating ramen three times a year. Yeah. Like, I I feel the same way. I, there are people in my life that I have crossed paths with that I'm like, God, you are, you're the perfect version of this thing. But in truth, I wouldn't want that every day. That's I, interesting. I, I, I would yeah. choose eventually you want, to move away from it. Yeah, you also want the thing. It's like you, but you specifically said a thing about squirrel or... I don't know how to pronounce it. Alimento. 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 I've been there once Um, where it hits you in a soft spot. Mm -hmm. It like makes you feel something. And I think like essentially with both those things, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. We're looking for it to hit you in a way where you're like, Ooh, yeah, that's maybe, maybe not the most attractive version or whatever it is or the, you know, but you're like, but it does something for me. Mm -hmm. I love that. I felt that before. I yeah, I dated someone that I was uh, fully obsessed with, mm-hmm. um, and probably wouldn't check off any of the like typical or stereotypical boxes, or even fall into any of the categories that I feel like I have now for myself. But mm-hmm. it was this period of time, and I was I just couldn't get it. That was the problem was I couldn't get enough. I right. was like, oh, I think I probably smothered this person over these like nine some odd months. Uh, yeah, which is like too bad. But also, I got a lot out of it. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely not, uh, it was not eaten at a boring new American restaurant <laughs> five times a week. Yeah. Because, right. Exactly. Because their chicken sandwich is $12. Right. Right. And and everybody, if you're in a small town, your dining pool is limited. Your relationship pool is limited. Uh, I really believe that people, you know, they choose to seek pleasure and avoid pain. That's like a classic trope that I think we've all heard before. And th- when it comes to restaurants, when it comes to relationships, you can do that same thing where you just chase something that fits enough boxes to make you feel comfortable. 
So interesting. And it will change at different points in your life, right? Like that's yeah. the weird part about that is that like mm-hmm. the restaurant that worked for you in your 20s does not necessarily work for you in their 30s. Totally. And like same with relationships, like the things that worked for me in my 20s, I couldn't even date those people today. <laughs> right. You sure. know? Same. Yeah. 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 100%. And, and even... Yeah, that immediately my brain went to, uh, and I feel like I can make this relatable to people who don't live here if I just try a little bit. But but uh, I dated someone who lived in West Hollywood mm-hmm. when I was t- it's literally ten years ago, and we would go to Swingers, the <laughs> diner, <laughs> constantly. Right, and I'd be like, they stuff guacamole in their grilled cheese because I just moved here and you realize <laughs> right. that literally every person puts avocado on everything. Right. Um, yeah. And I was like, this place is great. I don't think I've been back there in probably seven or eight years. Right. I just, I burnt myself out so much. And when I think about That's that food, so I'm like, funny. I couldn't, I was, tw- why did I eat there so much? <laughs> so yeah. much. Yeah. You know why? Because it was affordable. Yeah. Like that's yeah. also like th- that for me, the exact same thing is Fred 62, yep. which yep. is essentially swingers and uh-huh. Los Feliz. Uh-huh. And yeah, for our out of town listeners, yeah. this, these are just like uh, semi-trendy Diners with like a one slight vibe. tweet tweet uh, uh, tweak to it, like they have cool art on the wall, or there's a cool jukebox, or yeah. whatever. Yeah, but it's all just always sixties. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. But like I used to eat at Fred sixty two, and I'd be like, this is the best thing. Yeah, and it's so nuts because when I go there like late night now, if I go there like twice a year late night, I'm like. I literally cannot believe I ever ate here in a real way. Like, and that worked for me. Right. And like now today, if someone was like, let's do that, I'd be like, can we not? Yeah. Like, <laughs> can we never do it again? <laughs> Isn't there a way we could go somewhere good? <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. Okay. So you eat uh, a couple of meals at home per week. Are you, um, are you cooking when you do that? I do like to cook. Um, I tend to get, sort of semi-obsessive in the same way where I want to do one thing really, really well, like master that thing. So I'll have uh, periods where I'm just like making eggs. I want to fry perfect eggs 100% of the time. And so I'll like try to be nice. I would eat the same version of that thing when I'm at home because I spend so much time eating different foods when I'm out. But for my poor wife, I'll be like, okay, I'll put a fried egg on this dish and then some other different dish. Or I'll go through a phase where I'm making breads a lot because I just want to get really good. I like this idea of being like knowing a little bit about everything. I used to have a motorcycle. I had a motorcycle for like the first three years that I lived in LA. Hello. Uh, because in part, <laughs> like, I don't, I don't ever look like the motorcycle guy. I was never really in that culture, but I was like, it should be good to like know how to ride a motorcycle. I should learn that skill. So I drove a motorcycle for three years until I crashed it on a date. Like, Oh that was my god! With her on it? Oh yeah. Okay. This, maybe we should talk about this. I'll do I'll do a, I'll do a quick version of it. So uh, I was on a second date with a woman, not my wife. Second date with a woman, and we were leaving a show at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater. I the first date was we met at a mutual location and then went our separate ways. So the second date I pulled up to her house and I was like, just so you know, I only have a motorcycle. We can take it. I've got an extra helmet if you want. Otherwise, we can take your car, or whatever. She's like, I've never been on a bike. Let's do it. We no. go. We go <laughs> to a show. We go to a show at the Upright Citizens Brigade. We are leaving the show. We are in front of the uh, Tommy's Burger, like two blocks away from the Upright Citizens Brigade. I'm going through a green light. And the way that motorcycle accidents always happen is you only have one headlight on the front. So at night, especially for older people, it's harder for them to judge distances because they're not used to seeing only one headlight and they have nothing to gauge the depth against. So this old lady doesn't realize how far or close that I am. And she starts turning left into my lane as I'm going straight. I tried so hard to get out of the way of this car that I was in the crosswalk, just trying to get out in front of her car. It didn't work. Her car hit the back tire of my motorcycle, thankfully right behind this girl's leg. Oh. Spun us out. 
I went over the handlebars into the gutter. This girl fell on her side and started skidding on her back. The, oh. mo- the motorcycle fell down. The kickstand of the motorcycle popped off <gasps> straight out and stabbed her in the side. No. So when I pulled the motorcycle off her, me and this cab driver pulled it off her. She starts bleeding out in the middle of the intersection. <laughs> Farley, Farley, this is hands down the worst second date. (laughs) It's insane. Ambulance comes immediately. They put her on a board, neck brace, cut her jeans off her in the middle of the intersection. And they put her in the back of an ambulance to rush her to Cedar Sinai. And as the doors are closing, I fucking shit you not. I go, if you ever want to see me again, I'll take you wherever you want to go. Click, doors close. I start coming down from my adrenaline high. I can't really walk either. My ankle's pretty busted (gasps) up. I have to have a cop take me to the (sighs) hospital. We both get discharged at 4.30 in the morning. She's got a bunch of stitches, including some like body cavity internal stitches. I'm on crutches. She's on crutches. We have, I have no vehicle. I never knew this yes. about you. I probably yes. knew you when this happened. <laughs> yeah. You no, prob- no, 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 yeah, no. We, we, around that time, yeah. probably pretty close. And I uh-huh. hailed us a cab and we went to Norm's, the diner at 4.30 in the morning, sat inside of our crutches on La Cienega, ate our food, told the cab driver to like keep it running, and then took a cab that same cab back to her place over here in Los Feliz and then we stayed in her apartment for four days because we couldn't move and my stuff was there and once we were I in her bed I just was like we're gonna order all of our food and we're gonna sit here and survive and that was our second date was four days of surviving in a bed together and that and you were, had a relationship after that yes or? so I, <laughs> ma- I made I made good on my promise <laughs> I took her to this restaurant that is unfortunately no longer there called Kumsan's beautiful French restaurant. Um, paid for the whole thing. We made a whole night of it. We had this beautiful outfits on and we dated for like seven months and then it sort of fell apart in the natural way that relationships do but it was this like truncated speed-like relationship yeah. that was built on a motorcycle You guys almost accident. died together. 100%. And she he- got stabbed with the kickstand and bled out in the middle of the street. <laughs> yeah. And here's, here's the ultimate kicker. I did not want to sue the old lady because I didn't really believe in that process. But her, uh, she had a friend who was like, I'll represent you for free if you want to sue the insurance company whatever i saw her again about a year after we had broken up and she told me she got almost ninety thousand dollars and i was like i should have fucking sued oh <laughs> oh yeah but it's okay but, I but feel you good know about what it. but you know what i'm kind of with you yeah like not because i don't think you should sue people necessarily but because i'm just like I don't know, man. I right. think people make mistakes and we don't need to ruin people's lives. And she was like 68. She lost her license. It was like fine. Yeah. It was fine enough. That is the most insane second date. Yeah. I have. Uh, I don't think there will ever be a story on this podcast <laughs> that's equivalent to that. Yeah. A wild second date. That is so wild. <laughs> well, you, I mean, kudos. I don't know. I, well, I got hit by a car as a pedestrian once mm-hmm. and I was babbling like a lunatic from the adrenaline <laughs> if i had said anything even remotely as smooth as if you want to see me and i'll take you anywhere you want to go <laughs> holy shit man. yeah that's a yeah. miracle well done. i feel like i would have i feel like i would have been like does it, do you want to marry me like yeah, i'd probably yeah. like jump to the thing that i didn't get to do before i died <laughs> you know i'd be like somebody marry me i don't know drive were us you, to a chapel yeah were you guys uh i mean seven months that's a respectable yeah. amount of time yeah. those four days were you guys just super on painkillers eating food like yes. like del- like in drug love like were you like, were you oh. like exactly right and stuff? yeah so we what? uh uh yeah this is so <laughs> we, cool we had we had actually we we had, we had hooked up on our first date okay and so there was already like an intimacy there and then throughout those four days we would like do as much as we felt we could in our sort of medicated pain stupors and then order more food and she had a dog that we'd have to walk twice a day and but oh, that was kind of the gosh. extent of it yeah that's insane that's <laughs> That's literally the most insane. That's just so I cannot it's, believe that story exists. It's yeah, tremendous. it will kind of make one of our 
one of our five questions at the end totally null and void, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, also yeah. very interesting. I mean, yeah. I, can, Are you ready for them? I'm ready. Okay. okay. Well, I mean, this is delightful. We, we could... <laughs> I feel like there is a deeper dive that could happen because we have, um, you know, we, I, I feel like the last person that we talked to that was truly like a food person was Alex Blagg. Yeah. Uh, he Because his wife is a chef. Because his wife is a chef and he had a lot of like cool insights. He of the Comedy Central show At Midnight, mm-hmm. Rest in Peace At Midnight. R.I.P. Um, but I feel like, yeah, you, you have you have much to say about the two and how they're related. And so I, I want to thank you in advance for everything you've said <laughs> so far. Me. This was cool. Uh, here are the five questions. One of them will be so silly, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, although that was a second date, yeah. And also, also, he didn't say that was the best one, so we'll see. Oh no! Yeah. Okay. Number one, <laughs> what was your best first date? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. As a second date, that one's hard to top. Um, even as a first date, it was hard to top. It was very great. We met like online, randomly through mutual friends. But I will say. And maybe you guys agree with me. Maybe you don't. I think there's something special about being like the 15, 16 year old kid or not even, not even younger, like 13 year old kid who uh, has like your first date with like a classmate in school. Like mine was like my parents had to take us to the movies and we held hands at the movies. Like I think there's something really magical about that first thing where you're afraid to do anything, but it all feels so special. Yeah. Those are great. Like passive first date, middle school, early high school dates. Yeah. As a I agree. Stereotypically late bloomer. I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounds nice. <laughs> oh man, I do. I remember asking my mom to like take me to the mall yeah. and drop me off, and I wouldn't tell her why. And I'd meet a boy at the movies, and we go to the movies, and we'd like hold hands what in the mall? movie, the Antelope Valley Mall. Whoa, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a cool vibe. It's Great a mall. Pretty cool vibe. Um, so you had a date like that, like a, yeah, what, yeah. Do you remember I, the movie? I, I, gosh, I don't remember the movie. What if I was like Jaws and I out of myself as like a fifty <laughs> year old? Yeah, I'm like. <laughs> That is one of my favorite movies, but uh, no, you know, I, and that's maybe that's part of it is like not even remembering the movie because yeah. it was so much of like our knees are touching. What do I do next? Like yeah. I love those. I think that's so nice. Aww. That is pretty nice. Okay, do you believe in love at first sight? Uh, I I hear this question on your podcast a lot. Here's the thing: I want to say yes, but with a qualifier. Got it. I do not believe that I could see somebody and be like, "This is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my life." I don't believe in that sense. But I feel like I walk around all the time and fall in like little glimpses of love with people where I'll be like, God, this woman at the bank seems so great. What would our life be like together? And the entire time I am in line at the bank, I just think about this person and me and our life and if they would intersect or if there was something I hated or loved about her even more. And then I have my transaction and then I leave. But in those moments, I think that's probably as close to kind of love as you get. I feel I you know what I I'm I'm right there with you because as somebody who I used to go to uh like punk shows Mm -hmm. indie shows like all sort like uh late high school uh and and all throughout college and it was like that was the era of the like girl with the black bat like glasses (laughs) side sweat bangs like messenger bag she's holding a camera Mm -hmm. and then I'm just we make eye contact once I'm like well this is my life yeah afterwards we're gonna be in in line to buy a t-shirt and (laughs) I'm gonna say something super funny and you know that's just gonna be it it's gonna be such a great story exactly and I won't be able to stop thinking about her and then like I go to a show two nights later and yeah no idea who she is not wearing glasses exactly Um, it's so funny okay three what food item do you eat the most 
Ooh, I mean, it's it's got to be tacos, 100% so. I mean, I probably, there are 50,000 street food vendors in Los Angeles at every level. So tamales, fruit vendors, all that sort of stuff. I've probably been to 650 by now, Ooh. which is like a comically large number, but is still a drop in the bucket compared to all of LA County. So it's got to be tacos. Wow. Taco yeah. Zone versus Taco Zorizas. I think Taco Zone sucks. Okay. I am... Super anti-Taco Zone, and I don't care who knows it, y'all. I mean, Tacos Arizas is also not the best version, but like... What if is? You, on a good night... I mean, close to there, probably if you just drive down to Tacos Leo on the other side of the freeway, like mm-hmm. towards downtown, that's probably the best nearby taco that you're going to get. Um, otherwise, if you go the other way into Cypress Park, Avenue 26 Taco Stand is like fucking phenomenal. Oh, I've been there. Yeah. Oh, it's good. But okay. this, go- this goes back to our previous conversation, too, which is like... You, you don't have to go to the shitty version. You don't have to go to Chipotle. Yeah. There's no. a good version within two miles of you in any yeah. direction. Yeah. My best friend and I, Noel, we say that we're willing to do the hard work. Yep. And that's what we mean by that. That we'll drive 60, like 60 miles to go do something that we need to do. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? That we're yeah. willing to do the extra footwork. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm going to start doing that with food. That reminds me. San Gabriel, San Gabriel Valley, Chinese food. Yeah, I've heard. Willing to drive. Oh my God. I mean, it's a, it's like 1.2 million Chinese and Chinese American people who live 30 miles to the east, if that. It is unreal. You know that we're going to make you take, like, we're going to make you take us somewhere Let's someday? go. Okay, great. Let's go. When we do, when, when, the, when the travel show version of the show happens. <laughs> oh. Copyright. Uh, July 21st, 2017, day four with. Still looking for benefactors. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Number four. You, you know this show. This is death meal. You're dying. Yeah. You're not going to suffer. You can have anything you want. What is it? Uh, I have a question. Can it? Can I be anywhere I want when I eat it? Or? Yes. Absolutely. Okay, got it. Uh, I would be, I would eat at Coop's Place in New Orleans, which is this like fantastic gumbo jambalaya restaurant in the French Quarter that is like down home but fun. The people who work there are going to give you a little bit of shit, but the food is fucking delicious. They have a house cat who just like kind of lives there and does his own thing. Mm. I would be at Coop's place and I would I would have somebody like walk in the door at the end of my meal and deliver me a great, great pint of like burned dairy ice cream from like my hometown. That Aww. would be That's perfect. That's great. I love that. Take me out back and shoot me. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, now I'm realizing I probably didn't say a pint of the ice cream from my hometown, Crescent Ridge. When we did this. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Peppermint stick ice cream from Crescent Ridge. Shit. All right. We got to go make some edits in that episode. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Question five. What is one word that combines both your eating style and your dating style? And I would explain this question, but I know that you've listened to the show before. Is. Can I do two words? They're very short. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Uh. I'm a, I'm a big believer in, in, in both sides of this question in uh, the idea of tip well. Like I think you go to a restaurant and you should put the time in to meet these people who are serving you food where they are at in their life. And the same is true for every relationship that you have. Like service is the most underrated part of any meal and it's the thing that is most likely to ruin any meal that you have. And by not paying attention to it and putting in the money, quote unquote, that you owe to that meal to make it right at the end, like... If you don't do that for your relationships, if you're not taking time to treat that other person with respect and tell them how much you care about the thing that they've done for you and tip them throughout the relationship, you're going to end up with a bad time and you're going to look around and not quite realize why. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Whoa. Okay. So that's one. Oh, tip, tip well. Tip no, well. Tip well. Oh, tip well. Just, oh. Oh, be, that's be generous with that's your money. Be generous with your compliments. So amazing. And you will get it back. Yeah. And that there's like, 
maybe arguably not so with money, but that there's sort of like a endless fountain of compliments that you can give your 100%, partner. 100%. And also, if you do two extra dollars, you make a big difference in someone's life. That's exactly if right. If you give two extra compliments, you can make someone's yeah. day a week. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's wonderful that you're married, but if you weren't, that would be prime uh, vow territory. Yeah. If you hadn't already <laughs> performed your vows. Yeah. Uh, if you ever want to redo them on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bring my wife. It'll be perfect. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> um, where Where is like a good place for people to sort of see your collective writing? So I'm the senior editor at a website called Eater here in Los Angeles, la.eater.com. Great. I write a whole bunch every single day. And I do have a book, a real physical book that has my name on it, uh, Los Angeles Street Food, A History from tamaleros to taco trucks well have at it everybody i mean you were such a great guest thank you so much thank for you me. for coming on our show thank you for having wide knowledge in both areas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's amazing everybody itunes rate comment review subscribe do it why would you not do it it's a good show i'm yeah. having a confident week i like myself i finished a writing project i've been working on for four months I like myself. Good show. <laughs> Engage with us on the internet. Thank you guys and in advance. Stevie's phone number is. No, no. <laughs> we got to go. All right, everyone. Bye. We it. love you. Bye. Network.